Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. To the mouth of manliness. Welcome back, everyone. Uh, it's Nick Noise, your normal um, presenter, who you're used to hearing from. Um, and I've got a really cool guest today, Zoe Sinclair from uh, This Can Happen. Um, so there's, we don't get many women on the show. Um, it's not any real reason why, but I've had a few. Um, so it's always kind of quite exciting, really. It's, it's a change. Um, and I tend to find, like, in life, I tend to um, get on better with women than men anyway, which is, I think I've just got, always got on well with my mum. Good. Excellent. Well, I'm very pleased to be here. Yeah, welcome. Welcome. I'm so pleased to have you. So, um, we, um, I kind of, I think we, I got in touch with you ages ago because I saw what you were doing with This Can Happen. Uh, and it's... You put on events, um, quite big events, like massive, really. Um, <laughs> I think, I think uh, that not last year, the year before, did you have the Royals on? We did. Shall did I you... tell you the story? <laughs> please, please start with that because that's amazing. Okay. So I um, was working with the mental health campaigners, Johnny Benjamin and Neil Laybourne. So you might remember Johnny Benjamin from the Stranger on the Bridge story where he tried to take his life for Waterloo Bridge and a stranger came out of Waterloo Station and essentially saved his life. And they uh, were campaigning for mental health and in a really brilliant way, they came together, these two strangers, and really started talking about male mental health, suicide um, and really um, gained a lot of traction with people being interested in, in their story and, and helping other people and so together we realized that um, the workplace was a place where many people are whatever their workplace is organization charity whatever wherever they go to work was somewhere that could be a really great place that, that needed to support staff with their mental health. 
Yeah. And or should I say that people's mental health has a direct impact on the way they work. So the workplace really needed to understand more about mental health. So Johnny and Neil started doing a lot of talks in workplaces and were traveling around the country talking to the all different workplaces and, and really getting um, a really great response. But what happened was we sort of reflected after then being going into lots of workplaces after about six months and we said sort of there were two a couple of really key areas that we noticed from all these talks first of all that lots of the organizations were doing some really great stuff but they weren't talking to other companies other workplaces about it and they weren't nobody was really sharing so all these things were happening for employees but in silo and so many other people could learn from them yeah. That was the first thing. And then the second thing was that Johnny and Neil would go into these organisations and they do a talk. And then, you know, six weeks later, we might get a call from these organisations and say, you know, God, that talk was so good. It's really got people talking. We really feel we need to do something else. Um, but we don't know what to do. You know, can, can you help us? We don't know what our next step is to keep these conversations going. So we realised that there was a place for a, um, a platform to talk about mental health in the workplace, right? So this wasn't the opportunity to talk about poor mental health services or things like that, but it was about how can employers look after the mental health of their staff? How can we break down the stigma of mental health in the workplace so that people can be their true selves at work and not be afraid to speak about it? It's exactly right. You think um, if you've got a disability, um, employers have to make adjustments to meet your needs. But very rarely, you know, is that discussed in terms of mental health, which is, you know, I've got mental health problems, I would say it's very much a disability, but just not a physical disability. Um, so yeah, those conversations aren't had in those terms. Exactly. That's why it's so important. Yeah. So that's why we decided to set up this event called This Can Happen, which was about companies coming together to talk about all aspects of mental health, from how do you train senior leaders um, to, to understand mental health? Um, you know, how do you work with different cultures and mental health in the workplace? And how do you deal with grief and how people are going through grief and bereavement? How does it affect their mental health? You name it, we wanted to look at it as part of mental health in the workplace. So we thought in the first year, which was November 2018, you know, let's aim high and let's see. If, it, yeah, we thought, let's see, let's see if we can invite Prince William and see if he would, you know, like to come and talk about mental health. Um, and, you know, it was one of these things, and I'm a strong believer, if you don't try, if you don't ask, you're definitely never going to get it. Yeah. But we sent yeah. off this email and never thought we'd hear anything. But we did. And um, it was um, an honour, a privilege, um, and, and everything in between. 
um, to welcome him to the conference. But what was what was really great about it was that, um, understandably so, you know, we couldn't advertise that he was coming to the conference. So actually, nobody knew because you can't use royalty, you know, to, to sell tickets or whatever. So nobody knew, and we had. 750 people from all different companies you know and when i say companies i i'm very um you know a, a lot of people have a have the wrong idea where i say big companies corporates doesn't mean that if you work in a big company or a big corporate that you're right at the top of the company and earning lots of money you know you can be a, a, a new a school leaver that's just got your first job in one of these companies you can be in the post room you could be a, or you could be a partner and it really is you know from post room to partner everybody that makes up a workplace and lots of companies bought like quite a few tickets so they didn't just send their senior leaders you know they sent people from right at the bottom of the business to right at the top of the business which is the only way you can make change yeah anyway so prince william came along and um the the date we had to close the bookings um the day before the conference or two days before the conference actually and the day before the conference all these people that had booked suddenly got this email to say that prince william was coming and they would be able to see him soon. Oh, really? so they oh, you know they were delighted really? yeah they were delighted wow. and and he was amazing and he sat on a panel with um um a group of different people he sat with a policeman um a doctor someone who worked in insurance um and, and all different people and the discussion was you know how the workplace can impact your mental health so the policeman spoke about you know his experiences and, and how his work had affected him and Prince William talked about being an air ambulance pilot and how he'd seen real trauma and that sometimes for him it was very difficult to leave work at work and he would come home and like many people walk through the front door even though it was a bit of a different yeah, front door just, I'm sure from most of us you know and really feel the pressure. It's just made him into a human being straight Absolutely. away. Perfect. straight away and he was he was great and and he didn't just sit on the sofa talk and then leave he wanted to go to various different sessions so he actually sat in on our session in the first year on men's mental health um that we did he sat in the front row and he you know he was there for the whole time listening to this panel um and then he met some um met some other people we arranged for him to have a cup of tea with some people and you know it was it was a real um i think it you know it showed real support to the cause of mental health and and obviously for us it was a great way for us to start our conference and um, so so that was that that was the first year and, and now we are planning year three um and um we are going online this year for yeah yeah reasons exactly so we have to adapt as well um, but probably a year where the conference is needed even more so we weren't going to forget it um, and say wait till 2021 we are putting together um, you know I think 
the workplace is going to be very different for a lot of people and um, we have to keep mental health strategies at the top of company agendas and not see it slip down. I was discussing this the other day with someone on, on the podcast and they were saying that um, for a lot of people um, going to work and chatting with someone when they're making a drink or something is almost like their therapy. You know, like that is what they need. Um, and now, for some, many people, that's been taken away, so it's even more difficult. So you're right, yeah, you've got, got to be going at, the, at this time. Um, oh, that's brilliant. So for the first ever one, that was the first one. I didn't realise that was the first one, Prince William. He has been... Um, it's amazing, actually, what impact he's being open about it has had and yeah. um, it, it really did blow the doors open i think yeah. um and just it, like the tv program with the sports personalities and that um it just it kind of got it into people's heads you know this idea that uh, men particularly have mental health problems and it's like we're not all you know we can't all be the rock you know um yeah. it really did blow the doors off so, sorry, carry on. <laughs> you saying? No, no, I, I, I agree with you. I, I've got, I, you know, I, I don't have anything um, more to add to that. It was a real, I think it, it showed how committed, um, um, you know, obviously the royal family, but, um, you know, that the country needs to be to ensure that um, mental health is understood um, and that workplaces, you know, I think the problem, the problem is that we have is, you know, many of us, most of us work really, really hard at work. And sometimes working really hard, it obviously makes us stressed. So I think we have to, we have, there, there's a big difference between working hard and being stressed yeah. and, you know, poor mental health. We all have to accept um, our responsibilities of working hard and we can all get stressed. That doesn't mean we have mental health problems, um, but it does mean that the companies need to understand the difference and create a culture where people feel just as comfortable showing off their broken arm as they do as saying, I'm having a really bad day or I had a really bad night last night and I'm feeling anxious and I feel this and I feel that without jeopardizing their job. Um, and, and, you know, and that's what we are trying yeah. very hard to create. So to just to give you an example, one of the sessions we did last year at the conference, which got a huge amount of interest um, was a session on domestic abuse and how domestic abuse can affect an employee's mental health. Certainly. And yes, of course, we all think about domestic abuse and think how terrible that is, but we don't necessarily think about how that could affect somebody's mental health. And we found some wonderful companies that are forward thinking enough to even already have something in place for the mental health of their staff who they understand are being abused in, in whatever way. And we had Mel B from the Spice Girls joining that panel with 
um, various different companies talking about her own experiences of domestic abuse and how it totally affected her mental health. She was completely transformed as a person. But the need for companies to understand that that could happen. Um, and it was really eye-opening. Um, and probably even more so now at this time where there has been a lot more about domestic abuse in the press because of where we're at at the moment, you know, I think that's a conversation that hopefully will be continued. Yeah, funnily enough, I uh, used to work um, with um, perpetrators of domestic abuse quite solidly for a few years. Um, and um, I think, but I often try and kind of educate people along the way about it and also the fact that uh, men can be victims of domestic mm. abuse as well, which is fair. People really struggle with that one, especially the kind of teenagers, they really do. Um, and uh, yeah, I kind of, you get to understand the psychology of it all and um, basically you're just taking everyone, someone's rights and Ever stripping them of everything, and then like, where does that? I think a lot of mental health comes down to um, your view of yourself and your uh, your self esteem and how you view yourself. And uh, in domestic violence cases, well, not even domestic violence cases, abuse, um, they strip that away from you completely. So you just see yourself as a piece of crap, you know. And that that goes on for a long time. It's hope you're not going to get back the way you were. Yeah. Crazy. No. Oh, it's really interesting. Oh, it's so good that you do it with that. It sounds like you do with some really, really proper stuff. You get stuck in. Yeah, no, we really do. And I think I think um I think there's a lot more to mental health in the workplace than you know just meets the eye. Yeah. Um it, it you know, it's not just about training managers to understand it goes a huge, you know, a really long way. And, and you know, um, we did a session, for example, on the menopause and how that can affect women's mental health. They're still, they're of an age where they're still in the workplace. And some women say they go through the most terrible time when they don't recognize themselves, but you don't, and, and then mood up and down, but, to create a workplace that allows a woman to, not allows, that, that makes a woman feel comfortable by saying, listen, everybody, I've got to tell you, I'm going through the menopause, I'm totally foggy, I don't have that. You know, you've got, first of all, you've got to be, as you said, you've got to be very strong in yourself. Yeah. And a culture, you know, uh, uh, workplaces have got a lot to learn before all women are going to put their hands up and say, this is what's happening. Well, exactly. It's, it's like a woman saying um, they're pregnant and then the boss going, oh. Right, but we've, we've sort of, we're, we're moving away slowly from that. Yeah, well. We hope not to hear that too often, but it's exactly like, exactly that. And this is where we are with mental health. And hopefully with all this education, we will, you know, in five, ten years, we'll look back and we won't have people, um, you know, being afraid of, of talking about this. But I, but I think it's, you know, the, 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 the big thing about the work, as opposed to at home or with your friends or your social circle yeah. is that people are worried about the impact it will have on their job yeah the job progression you know will someone say you know what 
we're not going to promote that person. They're a bit, you know, they're a bit unstable. I don't think it's right. You know, it's those stigmas that we that's, ha that's happened to me, Zoe. That's happened to me. I'm, I'm sure it happens it's to me. Quite, but you kind of have that. Um, most workplaces, um, there's always going to be an element of, and I kind of accept this, the element of, um, we've got to achieve or we've got to hit targets, etc. Um, and the problem is, it's like if someone goes down with a mental health problem, they struggle to hit those targets. And um, like that's kind of pretty much what happened with me, really. Yeah. Um, and then it's like everything's kind of done in retrospect, right? We better try and sort this out now. Now it's kind of blown up. Um, yeah. And it all kind of happens in retrospect and it doesn't really get dealt with. And it is, it's, it, it's, um, it's just realigning those priorities a bit, I think. You know, like a healthy, um, supported workforce are actually going to be a lot better than people who feel they're, you know, they're, un, you know, they're under a cost to do what they're meant to do. That's what we hope. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. It's, um, yeah, it's actually something that's quite close to my heart, just because it's kind of something I've been on the other end of at times. Yeah. Um, interestingly enough, when I kind of came through it. Um, I it was when I started the podcast really what, over a year ago now and I decided that I wouldn't um, the hiding from it and not talking about it and being ashamed of it was kind of uh, making the problem bigger mm -hmm. and now I'm really open and honest about it everyone I work knows I do this podcast I tell it I'll tell anyone that yeah I struggle with my mental health and I've done for years and then um, once that conversations had I've noticed everyone just kind of relaxes a little bit and then people come over to you when it's quiet and they'll go yeah yeah I've had that like yeah sometimes I have a nightmare or they'll go oh can I have a chat oh so I'm really struggling at the moment what do you think and it's like if, yeah. it's, if it's on the agenda people are more inclined to talk about it which is why it's so important and and I think the thing is um People, you kind of have to go to work, you know, like people have to go to work, they have to earn their money. Uh, and if you feel, you don't feel safe at work, you know, and you don't feel like you can be yourself or be honest, it's a long time to be unhappy. Yeah. You know, is. it's a long time in your week. Yeah, it's a very, very long time. And I think there's just, you know, just the few topics that I've mentioned to you, it, it, it's, it goes more, it goes much deeper, I think, than just saying, and it's not just saying, but you know, I have anxiety, I have bipolar, I have this diagnosis, I have that diagnosis. Yeah. I think we're trying to make it more broadly understood what mental health can mean and the impact that it can have on you i think that that's that's what we're trying that's really what we're trying very hard with yeah and that what well, that's the nub of it isn't it really that's the important bit you know yeah. what it can do and yeah. and if you do support someone um they'll be really loyal you know for starters and they will work hard and and actually you can you know with flexible working and everything you can make it work you know if someone it's got anxiety or they're having a bad time at that time, you know, they can make up hours and they can, you know, you can work around it. Yeah. But it's all feasible. Yeah, no, it is. And I would, I would, what I would say 
to anybody who's listening or, or, or watching this is that, um, you know, like you said, once you be an advocate in your own organisation, in your own for, for mental health, wherever you might work, you're only going to, you're going to make it better for yourself yeah. and you're going to make it better for others to start that culture of conversation and openness. So I would sort of urge people to set up, set, step up themselves and to take responsibility themselves because if they want to create better cultures in their own workplace, they should think about playing a part in it themselves, not just relying on other people. Oh, exactly. Yeah, I totally, totally agree with that. You know, if you want to change, then be the change, as they say. Absolutely, I'm a strong believer in that. Yeah, you've got to go out and do it. That's really, so how did you end up getting involved with, um, uh, I'm sure my friends had the guy on the bridge on his podcast at some point. Um, so how did you end up getting involved with them? I literally sent them an email. Yeah. <laughs> it's as simple as that. I love that. You just do it. Yeah. The same, the same with um, you know, the, with Prince William. I just thought I, I'm really, um, I really admired this, his story, um, and I thought, um, you know, there, there does seem to be. It's funny that you say you don't have many women, as many women on your podcast, but um, it does seem that actually women tend to be more open. Yeah. Um, men actually find it harder to talk about well lots of aspects of health not just mental health but especially mental health and yeah. um, so I, I thought that the fact that this was Johnny obviously it was about male mental health and a, and a younger man being very open now about his mental health after he struggled for so long not being able to talk to anybody um, I just thought oh that's interesting I'll fire off an email and see what happens and then I got a response back and that was it. So that's, that's uh, yeah, that's how it all works. It's so true what you say. Um, that uh, I think that's why I kind of quite find that I, uh, I'm more comfortable talking to women more often than not because I feel like I can kind of talk about emotions more. Mm -hmm. you know? and, and if I do, then I'm not going to get judged. But if I do that with men, um, men really struggle with that. Like a lot of men do. Yeah. Um, they'll really struggle with it, and they're like, "Oh no, what's going on?" Or, "Are you gay?" You know, so many times people say something like that because, God forbid, I speak about my emotions. This is, yeah. you know, it's ridiculous, but it goes on. It goes absolutely. everywhere. Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. So, yeah, I hope that's given you a bit of an insight. Yes. Um, so, can I ask, I suppose quite personally, um, you're, if you, I mean, you kind of got involved with mental health. Have you ever had any issues with mental health yourself? I haven't myself, um, actually. Um, um, but I have seen people around me uh, be very, very ill. Um, as a consequence, um, you know, um, sectioned, um, hospitalised, um, not, and so I think that definitely led me in this direction, um, very much so. Um, and I have um, 
kids and with with that um, experience of sort of people that I know, I think also very conscious about building an environment that whatever they happen to grow into and be sort of more accepting environment for them as well. Yeah. Yeah, again, you know, if you want things to be nicer for your kids, then go out and be nicer and do something about it. Yeah. Um, I, I love that, actually, uh, Zoe, is that um, so many people who kind of get involved with mental health have a mental health problem. It's very rare that I've come across people who do it um, just because they feel strongly about it and you want to do something about it. It kind of gives, it, it means so much more, to be honest. Because, um, you know, as only one other person I've spoken to who does a lot of work in mental health has never really experienced any problems himself. And it's, uh, it's actually quite rare. From, from it's my interesting. I've never thought about that, really. Um, but now you're sort of saying it and I'm thinking about it. You're, you're, yeah, you, you, you might be right. Um, it's like, um, it's, it's, it's not the same at all, but... You, this might compare to somebody, I'm a governor at a school, a primary school, and everyone says to me, well, why are you a governor at that school? You don't even have children there. You know, wh why do you want to, why do you want to be a governor there? And sort of I say, well, because actually maybe I can be the best governor because I don't have children there. So I'm not biased towards that school because I, all of you on the board are parent governors and you want the best for your own children and you're thinking about your children. But I'm trying to think of the best for the school as a whole. And maybe I kind of look at it a little bit like that. I don't know if that makes any sense. Yeah, it does. It does. It does. It, it, you know, yes, I might not have experienced poor mental health myself. As I said, I, I've seen it. Yeah. in front of me with somebody else yeah. um but hopefully it gives me more of a um can i say an unbiased view i don't know yeah, yeah i would have said more, of a, yeah. more objective view yeah um where whereas say for me i um i'm pretty chilled out to be honest but you know like I, you know i could get more uh, emotionally involved and that could sometimes lead me to you know, going off on tangents, etc. So you've got more of an overall overall view. Having said that, storytelling and personal experiences are definitely known to be, you know, a great way to inform people, and 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 it's a strategy that you know workplaces use. You yeah. know, they find people that are willing to tell their story. Um, and it's it's one of the most powerful things to start the, the you know the message out there, so to get the message out into the workplace. So you know maybe there, there's room for both. And, and there's, oh, certainly, yeah, yeah, yeah certainly. And um, I, I find um, I think mostly because I guess with me is I share my story so freely. Um, but I find when people come on and tell their stories, um, there's something uh, they love, they like doing it. You know, it's something that um, it's almost like every time you tell it, a little bit of it goes away. Yeah. It, it just goes away a little bit. Um, and, and yeah, it's powerful. It's powerful because it's really human. Yeah. It's like really yeah. genuine. I love the fact that you, um, you're getting stuck into the difficult issues, though. 
because um, like domestic uh, abuse and things because um, again that's another thing that people shy away from you know don't have a conversation about that it's scary yes it's very scary it's very scary so this year again we are not shying away from um, things and we've got um, you have to watch this space to see the different topics but we're certainly looking at um, very powerful topics um, that can influence our mental health yeah I work with um, over the years a vast number actually um, most people I work with experience some trauma of some sort which pretty much leads to where they are and most people's response to like a trauma can be anything um, and you know we always think of it in really big terms but actually small things can be enough to cause us some real problems but uh yeah just like trauma or childhood some kind of, you know the awful things that can happen to people in childhood yeah leads people um into all kinds of desperate mental health problems absolutely desperate you know drug addiction alcohol addiction yeah. All those things. So, do you have you ever um ever ever had anyone on talking about um addiction? Yes, actually, um, yeah, we have. Um, in in both years, we've looked at addiction. Um, and um, that they're always very. I think there is still a huge taboo about addiction. Um, and I think there's an awful lot of addiction of all sorts. Um, that goes on behind closed doors in workplaces. Um, I think, um, you know, gaming addiction, um, um, drug addiction, sex addiction, alcohol, all sorts, I think is, it's, is still a very hard subject to tackle. Um, people not asking for help. Um, I think one of the themes that seems to come through is that addicts are very, very good at lying and coming up with excuses. So it's very difficult to see as well. Um, And um, so I think we might not have come up with any concrete solutions. We're trying to keep that conversation open at every conference on addiction so that workplaces continue to have it on their radar in case they pick up strange behaviours um, in any of their colleagues. Yeah, I've always kind of, uh, it's funny, I, I often view my own mental health in terms of addiction. Um, so it's like you're always, I always see it as I've got to maintain my mental health. Mm-hmm. I've got to be maintaining all the time um, so that I don't go back to the bottle say for example and uh, yeah and many of the um like the 12 steps um of like aa or uh, narcotics anonymous um a lot of those things have applied to um the different techniques i've used to get better so i see it's very very close very very similar um but um it's very rare that I've kind of experienced anyone who has an addiction of any sort. The addiction is normally is a response or for a reason. And it's normally um, quite often very closely linked to a mental health problem. You know, say a trauma's happened, they 
almost fill the hole with that addiction of some sort. Yeah. So very, very closely linked. So it's brilliant that you keep it on the agenda because I agree, it's really, really hard to deal with. Yeah. Um, but it has to be kind of in there, doesn't it? You know, like we, we just don't forget about it. Absolutely. So, so do you, this must take up so much time then. Do you do it full time? Pretty much. Yeah, it's my full time job. So that's, you know, it's okay that it's full time because, you know, that, that, that's what we do. Um, and we've got the added element this year because it's going online. Um, we, well, it doesn't have to mean this, but we've made a decision that we're going to reach out to Asia and North America as well. Um, because a lot of the companies that come to the conference do also have offices in other parts of the world. Yeah. And so, um, and, and the UK actually are really quite far in advance in looking at workplace mental health. And um, Canada is, is, Canada and Australia are probably even further advanced than we are, but um, we're leading the way when it comes to Asia and North America. So we've got a lot to um, show them. And we're hoping that people will be coming from companies in those regions as well. So that's quite exciting. Especially if you're going online, yeah, you can, yeah, there's no limit, is it? Then? Yeah, we might have to be up in very early in the morning. Well, they're yeah, not going yeah. to speak, but we can manage for a few days. Um, yeah. So, yeah, no, I think it, it, it's really exciting. It's really exciting. So, and I, I should also say to you, because I, I might have to go shortly. Um, <laughs> that um, there are, we've got all sorts of free resources on our website um, during this time, um, which we never did before. Um, we are running webinars um, and talks and interviews with people, um, and they're all on our website, um, which is thiscanhappenevents.com. Um, and people can sign up to them for free and there's recordings of the ones we've done in the past um, on various mental health topics during this time, nutrition and mental health, um, coping with loss at this time and mental health, all sorts of things. So I you know, highly recommend that people take a look um, if they're looking for some support of, of any kind. Oh, I'll share that. I'll share that around. Are you on other socials or is it just LinkedIn? Um, no, we're very much, very active on Facebook and Twitter. Oh, okay. I'll share all that then. Yeah. Uh, it, it, but it gives people a place to go if, they, if they're struggling. So yes. yeah, I love that. And we work with, um, we have a charity partner um, of Mental Health UK um, and they equally have, um, in England, they're called Rethink Mental Illness. Yeah. But the whole branding for the um, whole of the um, uh, sorry, did I say in England they call it mental health? But the whole of the UK is Mental Health UK, uh, and they also they're on our website and they have loads of resources as well for people to go to. So it's not just about the the you know the conference in November. We're trying to offer ongoing support as well. Fantastic. I love it. It's great. It's exactly what you need. People doing something and, you know, kind of, yeah, getting up there and making something happen. I, I love it. So much respect. This can happen, right? Yeah, it can. I totally agree. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll let you go then, Zoe. You've got to go. That's, that's fantastic. Thank you so much. It's really great. Thank you. It's been great speaking to you. Thank you for your time. This is enough.
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.